1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast. It is Monday, the day after Christmas. We had to wait a little bit of time, but Broncos fans got a present this morning, which we will get to a little bit later. They certainly didn't get a present. uh, If like me, they finally got to watch a football game yesterday and had to watch that Travis sham mockery. But we still have one game left in what has been a wild Week 16 as teams jockey for playoff positions. If you're still alive in your fantasy semifinal, we wish you good luck, and we will uh, take a look at what may have transpired. But, Dennis, how was Christmas weekend for you?
2: It it was cold, filled with family. It was a... uh, you know overall good time. Um I did not get to watch as much football as I wanted. But I mean it was Christmas Eve and Christmas day and you know I gotta be honest. I like sleeping indoors and so I thought if uh you know sacrificing a little bit of football to keep the wife happy was uh was a good way to go.
1: Well I was at work for yeah, fourteen or fifteen. I lost count hours on Christmas Eve, so I didn't see any uh, of those games. I did finally make it home on Christmas Day, you know, to be able to um, to see the Broncos, um, which happened. But the then I, games. yeah, as you said, you know, I got to. I also made it home in time to watch the night game, which was also an interesting game. Uh, I will let you know how my wife helped with that when we get to that in a minute. But a game I did see also before Christmas way back on Thursday night was the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Jets. If you guys remember, we did the full week 16 preview on Thursday afternoon. So we're going to recap all of the action that we've seen so far. It was a game that had big playoff implications for both teams, but apparently only the Jaguars offense was aware of that. They managed to get the win, nineteen to three, over the Jets. Dennis, there was a lot of talk yesterday that the Jaguars are peaking at the right time and could be a dangerous team for anyone to face in the playoffs. How do you feel about that?
2: I don't think they have a super high ceiling this year. I, I think they're a little—they're a year early. Um, Travis Etienne's playing well. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing well, you know, ETN's had a a nice last couple of weeks. Um, Evan Ingram has been a monster. If you've uh, had him at the tight end spot uh, as as you uh, have tried to navigate the playoffs, he's definitely been uh, helping you along the way. But, you know, they played good against a Jets defense that we know is good. And to be able to, Put up 19 points. Well, ETN, not a super efficient day, but 83 yards on the ground, 29 yards in the air. Ingram had the monster day, 7 for 8 for 113. Um, you know, Christian Kirk, while not super productive, he only caught 3 for 22. He did lead the wide receivers in targets and targets, and that's what you want to see from him. And it makes sense. He was He's playing out of the slot more so than Marvin and Zay Jones are. And the Jets' defensive backs, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, are typically on the outside, so it would it would make sense that both Kirk and Ingram would be more successful than the two outside wide receivers. I mean, Marvin Jones also caught three passes, but only for 15 yards. Zay caught one for 14. Uh, if you were hoping on leaning on Zay and hoping against hope that he was going to be able to. Uh, uh, bounce up against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Um, uh, to quote Mister T, I, I, I pity the fool.
1: The Jets' defense has never been their problem. The offense, though, not quite as good. Mike White looks like he will be back for Week 17, but it was Zach Wilson. I thought he looked better in Week 15. But Thursday night, he looked lost at times, finished 9 of 18, threw an interception. The interception was kind of a YOLO ball at the end of the first half, if we're being honest. A lot of bad energy in the crowd in New York, a lot of booze. They end up pulling him out for Strebler. Now the word has come that Wilson will be inactive uh, going forward. Is his time done with the Jets?
2: I think so, Um you know he, he's only his second year into his contract, so there's two years left. Um, it is a rookie contract, so it, it isn't um, it, it isn't quite the albatross that a quarterback contract could be. Uh, it's, it's he you know the Jets are certainly not in the same situation with Wilson that the Broncos are with Wilson. Um, but
1: not a good year to be named Wilson and being <laughs> a starting quarterback.
2: You know I do think he's done as a Jet. But, you know, he's battled injuries. The, the team hasn't been great. And it's, it's just, you know, I think he needs a fresh start. And that's going to be somewhere else. You know, the question comes now, is it a um, Tua Tonga-Vailoa type of uh, return? You know, Tua struggled for a couple years in Miami. Um Brian Flores by all accounts did not seem to be uh, like that tua was his guy and that didn't work out and Flores is gone but uh getting a coach that said hey here I know what you can do here are the things I believe you can do and building an offense around that it, it's you know I think the opportunity is going to be somewhere between tua with mcDaniel and Josh Roses so somewhere along that spectrum, he's going to get another opportunity. Uh, I don't know what the trade value is for him. Is somebody going to give up a conditional sixth-round pick or something to to make sure they don't have to go, you know, spend a waiver claim or they don't have to battle against other teams trying to sign him as a free agent? I, I don't know if, if that's necessarily the case, um, but, you know, Coaches are egomaniacs, and there's a coach out there right now that's going, I can fix this kid.
1: You know, one of the interesting scenarios, I can't remember, um, might have even been Matt and I were talking about, is you look at a team like Arizona where – Kyler Murray is is there, but he's got an injury, and we know he's. I yesterday uh, at the Sunday night game, them talking about him being ready to go at the beginning of October made me laugh pretty hard because he tore his ACL in December, and he's a he's a mover. I I doubt you know, but they were also talking about that team possibly being in a point ten where they let some veterans go, trying to turn over the cap and look at what they can do. That might almost be a situation for Wilson. I feel like he needs to go somewhere like. Baker has benefited from having a better coach, but I also think he's benefiting a little bit with the Rams from having zero expectations because the Rams are kind of out of it. <clears throat> Nobody expected him to do a lot going there. I, sometimes I think those kind of things might help perk up a quarterback a little bit, giving them a second chance and putting them in a place where they don't have expectations. It didn't help for Josh Rosen, but it helps for some other guys. Right. Uh, on to another game, the Buffalo Bills go into Chicago and get the 35-13 to 13 win. It wasn't necessarily the kind of blowout that it sounds by the final score. This one was a little bit closer for a while. Josh Allen throwing a few turnovers, but the running game really got it going. And that brings me to Devin Singletary. Singletary had himself a pretty good day, 12 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, Cook had 99 yards and a touchdown, 11 carries, so he had a pretty good day as well. But Singletary we've talked about before, has never quite seized uh, definitively the starting role there in Buffalo. They drafted Cook and have him hanging around. Singletary, another one of these running backs coming to the end of a rookie contract. What do you think his long-term future is?
2: You know, I think he's playing his way back into Buffalo, considering keeping him around.
1: They did move Moss.
2: Well, you know, but they brought in Hines, and, and it felt to me like Hines was kind of the replacement number two and uh, the going to be the new heir apparent. But, um, you know, Singletary has played really well. He, he's good, not great. He is I, – I, you know, I don't want to use the word explosive – but he, he's not pedestrian by any stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, the biggest knock on him is that he's a little bit of an inside runner that's five foot eight and 203 pounds. And that's just, that just isn't quite big enough to, um, you know, carry a heavy load. If he was five foot eight and 220, that you know a rocked up bowling ball of a guy like Michael Pittman used to be or or something like that then maybe it's a different story but he's a good receiver he's not quite as dynamic a receiver as James Cook but he's a good receiver um I used to I you know I've spent most of the season thinking you know they're gonna let him walk he's gonna go somewhere else. They're not going to, they're, they're bringing in somebody to replace him. And that's kind of what it is, but the way he's been playing more and more, I'm thinking, you know, maybe he's playing his way on to staying there. And when you have a team that's competing for titles, that's in the top tier of NFL teams, you'll get guys that go, you know what, maybe I could make a little more money somewhere else but I've got a shot to win a Super Bowl ring here with, you know, 75% of the role I might be able to get somewhere else, Percent of the money I might be able to get somewhere else. And, you know, Buffalo from all appearances has a phenomenal culture, um, both on and off the field. And it would seem that, you know, we, we saw the clip of Josh Jacobs talking like he was, had one foot out the door already You don't hear hear any of that stuff with the free agents in Buffalo.
1: Well, to be fair, Josh Jacobs probably not super pumped that his coach had no faith in him before he'd even seen him play. Uh, On the flip side, you know, the Chicago Bears have a lot of issues and a lot of things looking to build around. But one of the young pieces you'd think they'd be able to build around is Cole Komet, who a lot of people thought was probably the best tight end the year he came out, which whether that's saying much or not, you never know. He's in year three right now. What do you think of Komet as a piece to build around with Justin Fields?
2: You know, he's providing that safety blanket right now. He's a he's a good athlete, um, but he he's the guy that is sort of, you know, they've lost Claypool. They've lost Mooney. Um they let Robinson walk in the off season and it seems like, you know, they're the lowest volume passing team in the league. And unless Malik Willis gets named the starter in Tennessee moving forward, even if Tannehill's healthy, I don't think anybody's going to really compete for that title. That being said, um, He's very touchdown dependent. He may he's a four or five catch guy, four or five six target guy per game. So he's you know twenty to forty yards. He isn't he, he hasn't shown any real run after the catch explosiveness. Um, he's he's a guy that's in that monstrous second tier of tight ends that on any given week he could be tight end twenty four, he could be tight end nine, and. It all comes down to, It does he get in the end zone? I, I'm reticent to buy into him and start to go make him a guy I want to seek out this offseason because they're going to get Mooney back next year. They're going to get Chase Claypool back. They're getting better overall as an offense, and they're going to add some more weapons. And you've still got Justin Fields, who is going to run the ball a significant amount. Uh, Montgomery is a free agent, but they've got Khalil Her- Herbert, whom we've seen be a very explosive back. They've got Tristan Ebner, who they like. So they'll probably bring in a veteran as well. Um, and they're going to add more to that wide receiver core. So while I like Komet, he's not a guy that I'm really looking for as a piece to, to support a title run. If I have him, I'm I'm hoping somebody else believes he is and I can move him in a package deal.
1: You're muted. I agree. It'll be interesting to see what else uh, the Chicago Bears do to add this season. Hello back, Timmy. Uh, On to the next game, the Cleveland Browns hosted the – New Orleans Saints, and Saints got the 17-10 to 10 win. I actually picked that as my upset special for the week, uh, so I'm glad that panned out for me, even though the Saints apparently had no wide receivers. But in addition to having no wide receivers, they have a healthy Jameis Winston who they have just decided not to put back and play. I think there's been a lot of questions about Winston this offseason. Do you think he stays in New Orleans? Do you think he goes anywhere or has any kind of value? I
2: you know what does what does he feel i i don't think he stays if dennis allen is the head coach because i think he's like you know i've watched the nfl for my entire life and i look back over the course of history and the general rule is you don't lose your starting job to an injury and dennis allen was like hmm, if that i'm going to play the the red rocket the red rifle and uh and so there's I'm sure he's not happy with that. I'm sure he thinks that he still can play and has a lot to offer. Um, so I think he's gonna go somewhere where he has a shot to compete and, and earn the starting job. You know, there's several teams outside of New Orleans that are gonna be looking for a starting quarterback. Um, Houston, potentially Las Vegas, potentially the Buccaneers, Indianapolis, Atlanta. Washington. Um, so there's, there's going to be opportunities for veterans to go in and compete. Uh, you know, we talk about the rookie class coming in and there really is only two or three at the top of the, the draft class that, that I think are going to get shots to start right out of the gate. Um, and then the guys that are out of the 2022 rookie class, I don't know, you know, Ritter played better this week, but I don't know what kind of shot he's going to get next year. We haven't seen anything from Corral because of an injury. Um, Bailey Zappi is behind Mac Jones. Um, gosh, I, uh, Sam Howell can't see the light of day in Washington. So it, it's, yeah, I'm not sure any of them are going mean, to be standing up and taking jobs. So The ones I we have they, seen
1: haven't been impressive, so...
2: Yeah, and so I do think Winston is gonna get a shot somewhere. Uh the way Jahan Dotson plays the deep ball, man, I'd love to I kind of would love to see Jameis go to Washington. They've got Robinson and Gibson, they've got Dotson McLaurin.
1: So there were a lot of people that were interested in seeing him go to Washington before he went back to New Orleans. I just don't know if, if Ron Rivera wants that kind of a Player, but I guess we don't know what Ron Rivera wants. He doesn't know what he wants. On the flip side, the Browns lose now six and nine, are officially out of it. They have two more games left. Uh, all, both of them are on the road at Washington, which is going to be strapping for a playoff spot. And then at the Steelers, not only a division opponent, but also a team that could be scrapping for a playoff spot. What do you want to see out of Cleveland to end this season?
2: I, I want the I want to see them not phone it in, not give up. The, you know, there's talk about it may be the end of the road for Stefanski. I'm not sure if I buy that. Uh, I, you know, yes, there's questions about decisions that he's made, um, grossly underusing Nick Chubb, being probably my biggest bitch about his tenure. But Watson, he, he's you know, it's going to take him a little time to shake off the rust. I don't think, you know, two or three games is, is something that um, after being out for almost two full years is really a, the the way to go. You know, he didn't, he was under 50% on his pass attempts this week for barely over a hundred yards. You know, I know the weather was kind of shitty, but and Dalton on the other side didn't break a hundred yards. So I guess comparing that, um, but he did, you know, 10 targets to Amari Cooper who converted six for 72. Um, and who had five targets. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had five targets. They're, they just didn't convert um, a lot of their opportunities in the passing game yesterday. So I want them to go out there and play hard. The interesting thing is going to be that you know, they, they benched Miles Garrett for the first series for something team related that we don't know about and whatever that is, like, I get it. You know, nobody is above the law kind of approach, but Garrett is, uh, you know, is that going to create issues amongst the players uh, going forward?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of talk has uh, has been about Russell Wilson and his massive deal and, and what they've gotten. Cleveland knew that they were going to see a long suspension for Watson, but I, I have not been incredibly impressed by what I've seen. I would like – you would like to see – as he's playing in games, you know, five and six, I think if you're a Cleveland fan, at least a little bit of consistency and some signs that they're picking something back up to give you hope going into next year. But we we will see Washington. You can throw on Washington's defense as we saw Brock Purdy do. You can Pittsburgh's defense is going to be a decent test though because they have a, they have really good pass rushers too.
2: Yeah, All right you know that it, it wasn't a great uh situation to be throwing the ball in this no. weekend to be fair to me.
1: well but i mean that's the other question you have a guy that played his career in Houston in a dome now going to what the opposite of that would be uh out in the open air <laughs> In Cleveland so interesting challenge on to Kansas City where this the, the uh, Chiefs won 24 to 10 over the Seahawks wasn't uh, as exciting a game as maybe we thought it might be Seahawks lose again they are now seven and eight Dennis they have home games to close the season but against the Jets who have a pretty stout defense and against the Rams who are really starting to come on are the Seahawks done in terms of the playoffs in your mind
2: I think they need to win out if they're going to get in the playoffs. Um, but that, I think also they need Tyler Lockett. Um, with Lockett being out, you know, what was it? Uh, Metcalf seven for nine for eighty-one yards. I think Lockett just uh, brings a different skill set that's very complementary to what Metcalf does, and he has the explosiveness to get in the end zone um, and, and beat guys. I mean. What was it? uh, Laquan Treadwell, who was just activated, was second on the team in targets. And I I don't think that's good for anybody. Uh, You know, Kenny Walker had a great game, 26 for 107. Good for
1: uh, Treadwell's agent. What's that? It was good for Treadwell's agent.
2: Yeah, very good for his agent. Um, But they just, you know, they're going to have to to win out, I think, if they want to um, push for a playoff spot.
1: On uh, the flip side for the Chiefs, we saw Juju Smith Schuster take a one year deal there this offseason. He's had his moments, but it hasn't been consistent. What do you feel like the market is going to be for him at the end of the year? Do you think there's a chance he stays with Kansas City?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's a chance, but he's going to be, you know, he's at that stage where for whatever reason, he doesn't get the respect of a guy who put up the numbers he did in his first couple of seasons. I don't know if, you know, then everybody looks at the knee and as they're looking at it, like, you know, that's a ticking time bomb. And so they don't want to invest big money or long, long years. Um, So they're avoiding it, but I think he's going to go somewhere on a wide receiver needy teams uh, team there's going to be a few of them out there and he may end up needing an injury to be fantasy relevant on a regular basis but he's a possession receiver he's a close to the yardage line slot guy um, you know he he doesn't quite have the quicks of somebody like uh hunter Renfro or something but he's not an outside receiver even though he has decent size i think that trying to uh, Wherever he goes, trying to figure him out is going to be like playing whack-a-mole. I think we've seen it this year. He's going to have some games where he just puts up great numbers and other games where he just disappears. And I think that's the the rest of his career in a season right now.
1: On to one of the better games of the day where the New York Giants traveled to play the Vikings and came up just short in a 27-24 loss. Despite that, Dennis, we talked about the Giants needing receivers. Matt has loved Isaiah Hodgins since he came out, and he has kind of picked it up, uh, given a chance here in New York. had eight for 89 and a touchdown in this one. What do you think of Hodges, and do you think there's any chance he could become a thing going into next year? I, I think
2: he's kind of turning turning into what they paid $20 million more a year for Kenny Galladay to be. Uh, Kenny. <laughs> so... But he's under contract through next season and it's really affordable. And if he keeps playing like he is, I think they're going to, they'll extend him next year. Um, He looked to me. He's a, he and Adam Thielen where he comes on and just keeps getting better. He started off, you know, as a practice squad guy and special teams and worked his way up and now he's got an opportunity and He's just going to keep getting better. Would that surprise me a bit? Not at all. And he's on a team right now that needs wide receiver help. They need wide receivers that they can count on game after game, season after season. And so what he's been putting on tape this year, I think he's going to get that uh, going forward. Now, if they start bringing in a bunch of high profile free agents and whatnot, um, all bets are off there but I think he's going to get an opportunity to to be the wide receiver too at worst uh, in New York. Um, You know, when Wandale Robinson gets back, you know, he, Hodgins profiles more classically uh, with his body type as a wide receiver one, but it could end up being Robinson in the slot, Hodgins on one side, and then they go out and try to either through the draft or, through free agency, get a legitimate uh, wide receiver one for the other outside receiver.
1: On the flip side, the Vikings got the win, and they, they're a 12-win team, so we don't want to discount them. But They have struggled all season defending the pass. We had talked about the Giants not having much of a passing game going into the week, and yet Daniel Jones able to hang 334 yards on them. Is the pass defense situation a worrying sign if you were trying to pull for a Viking Super Bowl berth?
2: I mean, Jones put 334 up, but he only got in the end zone one time. So when it counted, they were able to, to step up, you know, James had 90 yards, Hodgins, 89, Slayton, 79. So he only completed passes to five different people, um, so it wasn't like he was throwing the, even though he threw 42 passes, he wasn't just pepper and everybody with targets. Uh, that being said, you know, you've got to step up and make plays when it's time. And the Vikings were able to play well enough to get the win.
1: Yeah. On to our next contest, the Cincinnati Bengals pulled on for the 22-18 win over the New England Patriots. Dennis, we've seen for a couple of weeks now Trenton Irwin appearing, caught a touchdown again this week. What do you think of Trenton Irwin?
2: Cool story, bro. <laughs> you know,
1: he's your classic. Talk about not helping anyone.
2: He's your classic wide receiver four or five special teamer that in a pinch gets some playing time and does what he's supposed to, which is make a play. And so I'm happy for him. Um, I don't think he's going to make my top 300 when it comes to putting together a draft board, Uh, unless they decide they're going to ship off Tyler Boyd and and not draft anybody else. Then maybe you go, okay, okay, I mean he's got good size. I think he's like six two two oh seven. He he he's a, a good size guy, but he's your classic wide receiver. He's Noah Brown. And so I mean Except
1: for all he does is catch touchdowns. Cause I forgot. But he Noah two Brown, on Sunday. He Noah two Brown do.
2: will do that where he has these, you know, forty target seasons and pulls out three or four touchdowns. Um and he's got the size to be effective in the blocking game. It it I, I'm not I, I'm not trying to acquire him. He's not my he's not my breakout sleeper or anything
1: like that. Remember back when Chase got hurt and everybody thought Tyler Boyd was gonna be a league winner? That did not pan out. On the flip side, we've talked about the uh pa- the Patriots and their up and down offense all year. They seem to have something good going with Stevenson, although it wasn't that good on Sunday.
3: Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And, as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is T-P-P-N, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code T P pn only at draft Sportsbook, sports book drafting sports book and official sports betting partner of the nfl minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see the descriptions for the episode for details
1: seven and eight probably a little bit of a long shot to make the playoffs this year but what would the what do you think the patriots need to do to fix their offensive identity
2: they need a wide receiver that can be counted on they need a a Stephon Diggs, a Devonte Adams—they need a go to. Uh, Jacoby Myers is a fantastic wide receiver too, who can have a wide receiver one day. Kendrick Bourne, for whatever reason, has always been a wide receiver three-four kind of guy. He put up six for a hundred and a touchdown yesterday, and he'll come out of nowhere with games like that. But they need—they need a T Higgins. They need somebody that is going to be that legitimate alpha that Mac knows he can count on. And then they can kind of, you know, because they've got uh, Hunter Henry at tight end, who's pretty good. They've got Stevenson. um, They've got Jacoby. They ever
1: use Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. I, my God.
2: Yeah. They need to settle on one of them, you know, but they've got Taequann Thornton to take the top off with his feet. So they've got these other ancillary pieces they need to get a, a legitimate alpha wide receiver one, and then they just need to keep Mac clean. Mac isn't a runner. He's not going to, you know, he isn't going to break out of the pocket and do stuff off, pro, off plan like uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. They need to give him a great, great pocket to, to work from, let him make good decisions um, within his skill set. You know, he, he doesn't have a rocket arm. He's got a good arm, but he doesn't have a rocket arm. He isn't going to throw the ball through a heavy wind. I think we saw that last year when they played against Buffalo and they only threw the ball three times. Uh, I think they've got a fairly clear assessment of what Matt can do. Um, I, I got to be honest, as I sit here and listen to the rumors, the thought of Bill O'Brien going back there as the offensive coordinator, I'm like, God dang, thank you so much.
1: I mean yeah they could use that's
2: such an upgrade over their current situation, it ain't even
1: funny. On to Carolina, which was probably the most depressing game of the week for both of us. The Panthers get the 37 to 23 win over your Lions. Dennis, the Lions were red hot, take a little bit of a stumble here. They close at home against Chicago and then on the road against Green Bay. What does Sunday's or Saturday's loss mean to their playoff hopes?
2: You know, after last week, I was really surprised the way the defense played. And to give up the amount of rushing yards that they did, it was it was a mess. Um, I think the defense is going to need to bounce back, and if Detroit wants to make the playoffs, uh, they're going to have to win out. They're going to have to beat Green Bay to keep Green Bay at bay. <laughs> um <laughs> So, it was, you know, but then again, I mean, Goff put up 355 and three on the road, which is a phenomenal
1: thing. I know, he looks so good.
2: But man, like, Goff was also their leading rusher with 15 yards.
1: Well this felt very early season Detroit where their offense was putting up points and looked good but their defense was also like allowing the most amount of points. I feel like and you're right during that 6 and 1 streak they had sort of fixed the defense but not
2: not All on right. Sunday.
1: Deonta Foreman was just can, every can, time he you ran can probably, you can only he can had one finger out that said this one's for you Fox you know because okay. I because I complained about Foreman not doing anything for me the last 2 weeks Uh on the flip side the Panthers you know we thought if ever there was a team that was aiming for a top draft pick to get a franchise quarterback it was Carolina and somehow Uh, they have a very winnable game against the Buccaneers and then the Saints to close out and may actually have the best chance to control their own destiny and get in the playoffs. Is that a good thing for them?
2: From a draft pick situation, uh, clearly no. But also, I don't think they're going to be – it feels like, like Hendon Hooker is probably the best quarterback they're going to have a shot at getting. I feel like Stroud and Bryce Young and, and probably Will Levis are all going to be gone by the time they pick. Um, yeah. But I mean, Sam Darnold was efficient with low volume 15 for 22, 250 and one. Got the ball to DJ Moore, got the ball to Moore in the end zone. Um, and then the running game just was crushing the Lions. So. You know, I don't know. I, th- I guess Deontay Foreman was trying to make up for screwing me in week four of the uh, SFB playoffs, and I just got to say it was too little and too late.
1: Yeah, he screwed you in another way. Uh, you know, the big question I have for you, I know you've been a fan of Steve Wilkes and seen him get another chance. If Carolina does end up getting into the playoffs, does he get the job?
2: Well, I think you're using the term fan loosely.
1: Well, um, you... I feel like he's earning
2: earning the opportunity to be a legitimate candidate. And given who else is out there, you know, I I felt like he wasn't in a great situation in Arizona where he was one and done. Um, I don't know what what the coaching staff will look like around him if he does get the job. So there's definitely some questions there. I think he's going to be, right now, Is the way they're playing, he's as good a candidate as anybody else out there.
1: Um, if they do want to bottom out for that franchise quarterback, though, Nathaniel Hackett is available.
2: <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, I just, I, I like to see guys who do the right thing and are able to motivate their players in just complete shit situations. I think those guys deserve a shot in that, so... Whether it's somewhere else or whether it's in Carolina, I think Steve Wilkes is putting a lot of good stuff out there.
1: On to Baltimore, where the Ravens still didn't have Lamar Jackson, but they did manage to get the 17 to 9 win over the Falcons. Dennis Desmond Ritter in his second start got over a hundred yards. He got to 218 on 22 of 33, but the team did not score any touchdowns and Balls short once again. What do you think of Ritter so far as a starter?
2: I mean, from where he was last week to what he did this week, phenomenal improvement. I mean, he played a lot better. Um, he's doing he, – He mission number one, get the ball to Drake London, nine targets, seven catches. Uh, I'd love to see him have pits out there too. It seems like uh, – You know what? His second receiver was Olamide Zaccheaus with seven targets, and he caught four of them only for 18 yards, but um, he did catch four. He had, what was it, five targets with three catches to the tight ends combined. Um, I feel like it'll be more volume to Kyle Pitts when he gets back than what these other tight ends are getting. But with 33 pass attempts, he completed two thirds of his passes, broke 200 yards, while he didn't get in the end zone. Um, based on the draft capital that this quarterback class had, uh, you, you want him, you you need him to be able to come out there now at this point in the season and just sort of build on his previous outings. So week number 1 he was out there wasn't great. Um you know, but I'm sure you got to no matter how much you prepare, you're not out there until you're out there. So he yeah. got out there, he made it through game 1, he went into game 2 improved dramatically on what what was out there. We'll see what the teams throw at him next week and see does he regress? Does he take another step forward? Uh, He's got some opportunities to put some stuff on tape here to show Arthur Smith, hey, I I deserve a shot at the job next year. Um, But as long as he's completing 67% of his passes, uh, I think he's going to get an opportunity.
1: On the flip side, I mentioned the Ravens got the win. Also curiously this week, both Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley got enough votes to be alternate quarterbacks for the AFC Pro Bowl team. Explain the Tyler Huntley love to me.
2: I mean, somebody's got to be right. I mean,
1: (laughs) I mean, but he did it by votes. This isn't a hey, you know. We've been so impressed by your playing. I know he's like fourth alternate. Fine, but I thought that was a little shocking.
2: You know, he the the Pro Bowl the Pro Bowl is nothing more than a contract based incentive beauty contest. And, you know, if you're really smart out there, you're lobbying, you're, you know, you've got somebody building Twitter bots, voting for you, whatever it takes. Um, Baltimore fans, I think based on what he did last year and what he did this year coming in for an injured Lamar Jackson, I think Baltimore fans are like, yeah, we think this guy deserves it. And the players vote, and and frankly, nobody wants to be there. I mean, hell, it's a flag football game this year. Now, Uh,
1: I'm excited though. It's the Manning brothers, and by coming in and doing so much for the franchise, are you talking about his one and eight record over the last two years in in replacement? That's that's it. uh, On to Tennessee, which was, uh, I guess, by the legal definition, a game. The Texans get the surprising nineteen. 14 win Dennis is there any more confounding team in the NFL than the Houston Texans you know
2: they're playing hard and I noticed I'm saying you know a lot today
1: Um, you know that was what Santa gave you for Christmas was a new catchphrase
2: I guess um they're they're playing hard for Lovey Smith I do think they miss Damian Pierce a lot And, you know, Mills played 52 snaps with 78%. Driscoll played 19 snaps. That's ridiculous stuff. Um,
1: (laughs) I mean, you had Jeff Driscoll and Royce Freeman out there for a while for a team that won a game in December.
2: Right. So, I mean, that probably says more about Tennessee and Willis than it does about Houston. Um, Yeah. They're a game up on Chicago for the 101, so – they, they absolutely
1: keep- should not be trying to win, though.
2: They should not be trying to win, but but you got to play hard. You got to keep your guys motivated,
1: and you, I mean, you know, Davis Mills should be playing his ass off because he doesn't want that for number one pick. He doesn't want Stroud. He doesn't. But I, this team, I mean, who it doesn't matter who's playing in Houston. I believe they're
2: backing up uh, uh, Bryce Young next year.
1: So on the flip side, you know, this tells you probably all you need to know about the next question, but Ryan Tannehill flew down to Alabama, had ankle surgery and is hoping to be available to play by week 18. Don't know if it'll matter by then. The Titans, we thought – you know, with Derrick Henry alone, they'd at least be able to overcome the Texans. And Henry ran really well, 126 yards in the touchdown, only got 23 carries, which is probably the most shocking. But they did have to let Willis throw 14 of 23, 99 yards and two interceptions. Did have 43 in a touchdown, seven carries. The Tennessee Titans, now sitting at seven and eight, are actually in second place in the AFC South and seem to be fading hard. Preparing to head to Dallas, can they even compete with Malik Willis back there against Dallas?
2: I don't think so. I mean, not this year. They may stumble into another win. We, we saw Dallas overlook Houston. Um, and after this barn burner they had against the Eagles this week, uh, and it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if they uh, overlooked tennessee and had the same kind of stumble they did against houston but uh yeah tennessee it's i i, I think uh somebody has taken the pencil writing on the wall and is starting to uh, re- overwrite it with ink
1: yeah and you definitely have to get the sense now that that john robinson firing was because they knew they were about to teeter off a cliff on to San Francisco, where the 49ers got the 37 to 20 win over the commanders to keep putting pressure on the Vikings for the number two seed. But for Washington, the dream is slowly fading. They're still currently the seven seed, but they're barely hanging on. Taylor Heineke, who came in on the hot seat, 13 of 18, 166 yards, two TDs and the 9 got the hook for car for Carson Wentz, who went 12 of 16, 123 yards, and a touchdown. They said they're going to make a decision by midweek or Ron Rivera did. Would you go back to Carson Wentz or would you stick with Heineke?
2: I mean, does it matter? Aren't they the same guy?
1: Carson Heineke, (laughs) Taylor Wentz.
2: You know, they're, they're both prone to interceptions and getting injured while running. Uh, It's they, they both can make poor decisions and, they, they just – I don't know. It, there's weapons there. They just need a good – honestly, I'd probably rather have Bailey Zappi at quarterback in, in Washington.
1: Why not give Howell a shot if you're
2: – I know, right?
1: If you're going there, why – You
2: know, it's just – does. It, I, I don't know that it matters if they stick with Wentz or if they stick with Heineke. Or if they take, they look at what's going on in Houston, and they're like, like, they sit hey, back and have and a high yeah Let's go with two quarterback system.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! I actually, I almost would pay to see that. I, all I know is they're playing Cleveland this week. They should be given the running backs the ball and see because that worked out. I mean, they didn't even have any professional receivers on the Saints. Team really during that game, and they still managed to get the win because they just pounded it with Hill and Kamara. I would think Robinson and Antonio Gibson could get it done. You'd think. On the flip side, are the 49ers perhaps the most dangerous team in the NFL right now?
2: They could be. I mean, that defense is so good. And we we've seen teams hide mediocre quarterbacks and win Super Bowls. We saw Tampa do it. We saw Baltimore do it. And I'm not putting uh, the San Francisco defense up there with the Ravens or the Buccaneers from that, that era. But that defense is really, really good. And Purdy has a stable of weapons. He clearly knows how to get the ball to George Kittle, um, and Kittle knows what to do with it. Brandon IU.
1: Yeah, where has that been all fantasy season, by the way? Yeah, no
2: kidding. Brandon, well, Purdy only has been starting a couple weeks, so that's where. But Brandon IU, another good game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, solid game, got in the end zone. It's It's a situation where they're not asking him to do a ton. And honestly, it looks like for all I guess the slander he got as a college prospect coming into the pros there's something to be said for starting in college for four years he's got a lot of experience starting and while it's legitimate to say yeah but he just didn't progress season after season after season i get that that's that's a legitimate thing to uh to point out but you give him the right coaching Maybe maybe he's playing at his ceiling now. I don't know, but he's getting it done.
1: We'll head to Dallas where the Cowboys managed the 40-34 to 34 victory over Gardner Minshew. Minshew didn't look bad, Went 24-40, 355 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Eagles scored 34 points. We know Hertz is going to be the starter when he's ready, but he's got that AC joint issue in his throwing shoulder they only need one more win to lock up home field advantage throughout the playoffs would they be better served just trying to get that win with Minshew and protecting Hurts for the playoffs
2: yeah, I think you got to kind of protect him from himself I say roll Minshew out there next week give the injury another week to get better and uh if Minshew, see who do they do you know who they play next week off the top? Of yeah, the head?
1: let me look it up real quick.
2: But Minshew, that was the
1: winnable game for them because they are the more winnable game. They have the Giants to close the season. Let me see. Their week seventeen opponent is the New Orleans Saints.
2: So the, they they've, they've got an opportunity to win it. I mean, the way Minshew played, but let's face it, Minshew's. He's just another version of Baker Mayfield. Starts out hot, fades, starts doing – starts trying to do things he's just not capable of. Um, But, I mean, dude's got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, so that's quite a collection of pass catchers there for him. So, yeah, if I'm Philly, I'm going to roll Minshew out there next week let Hertz get at least another week, and if Minshew doesn't pull it off next week, then well, maybe you bring Hertz back against the Giants. But I, you, you definitely don't want to be in a situation where you're having to start Minshew in the playoffs. Well,
1: and the Vikings may do him a favor and uh, and fall off as well. Because if the Vikings lose one more, that locks it up for Philly anyway. Uh, on Dallas' side, we saw them uh, finally sign a receiver who was no longer playing, but it wasn't the receiver that we've been talking about for two months. They went and got T.Y. Hilton, and we uh, we didn't see a ton of him in this game, but he did have one pretty phenomenal fifty-two yard deep bomb. What kind of dimension does he bring to the Cowboys for the playoffs?
2: I don't know that he does anything different than Michael Gallup. He's just older. Uh,
1: Look, maybe old's what you need.
2: He's not going to, you know, I don't expect him to supplant Michael Gallup as the wide receiver two. I don't expect him to supplant Noah Brown as the wide receiver three. Uh, what Brown brings, brings to the table, you're just not going to get from a five 5'10", 180-pound 32-year-old or 33-year-old, whatever he is, um, T.Y. Hilton. I think Hilton is a situation where he's better for real football than he is for fantasy football. It's still C.D. Lamb. It's still Dalton Schultz. It's Tony Pollard. It's Zeke Elliott. It's Michael Gallup. And 10, 12, 15 snaps a game, you're going to have T.Y. Hilton out there running nine routes, and maybe that goes to him. Maybe he doesn't. But, I mean, he was on the field for 12 snaps this week. So had one target. He just had to connect.
1: Sometimes one is all you need, Dennis.
2: That is correct, sir.
1: On to the evening game. It was the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and the Steelers come away with the 13-10 to victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Dennis, the Raiders now 6-9 out of the playoff running. There's been a lot of rumblings at various points this season. Do you think Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr, both or neither, end up leaving this offseason?
2: To me, it feels like McDaniel is safe, but it feels like Carr is on his way out. Um, I think it's a situation where McDaniel will be able to pitch to Mark Davis. Look, man, you've had him here for how many years, and he just can't get over the hump. He's had several coaches, and he can't get over the hump. So it's clearly not the coaches. So let's get a new quarterback. I don't know what the options are going to be for The Raiders, you know, who knows? Maybe they go get uh, Jameis Winston uh, because the Raiders love the Mad Bombers, and that's what Jameis Winston does. But I think McDaniel's fine. I I think that Carr is probably on his way out.
1: Yeah, it feels like a toss up to me that they still have kind of a contract situation with with Carr. Maybe they move on from him. I thought for sure McDaniel's was gone in the, about the middle of the season it seems like they've cooled on that it also seems like I'm actually kind of leaning toward neither of them goes because it seems like the Raiders have a cash flow issue right that might prevent them from making any of these kind of moves but they've looked okay at times they've just looked they can't put it all together and they lose games that i I don't I don't understand um I guess I shouldn't feel bad for them because I'm not really a Raiders fan but on the flip side we have spent most of the year talking about how we thought this was going to be mike tomlin's first losing season they do have eight losses right now but they also have seven wins they close uh in prime time they got flexed to sunday night against the baltimore ravens and then they're home for the cleveland browns what chances are you giving mike tomlin of keeping his streak alive
2: about 57 percent. i mean he's It's two tough matchups because they're in division at Baltimore. If Lamar is back, that's going to be more challenging than if they had, uh, uh, if Huntley's still under center. Versus the Browns, I, I feel like really the only thing that makes it something the Browns could compete is just that. Deshaun Watson just keeps getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better, um, and, and they just happen to pull one out for whatever, whether it's you know a last minute one, one or they get up and Pickett gets rattled because of the pass rush or something. Uh, I I don't know, but I feel I feel pretty good about Tomlin being able to to pull off the nine and eight record.
1: On to the Christmas Day games, and we started with an interesting one. The Green Bay Packers traveled to Miami and got the 26-20 to 20 win. Dennis, a couple of weeks ago we kind of laughed Aaron Rodgers off when he said coming out of the bye they just needed to win their last four games and they'd be in the playoffs. But so far it's two for two with home games against the Vikings and the Lions to close the season. Are you starting to believe in that Aaron Rodgers magic?
2: I think it's a stretch to call it magic. I think it's more a function of the defense is playing pretty well. And then now we hear that Tua is in the concussion protocol. And there's a video clip going around of him slamming his head on the turf late in the second quarter. And then he played like shit the whole second half. And so potentially, while he didn't exhibit symptoms then, there's there's some talk that maybe, you know, now that he's post-game, and he's funny. they like, well, maybe that that's part of the reason that uh, he played so poorly. Um, uh, but as far as the Packers go, you know, they they're going to I think they get Detroit, but Minnesota is going to be tough um, yeah. as, as much as we talk about the uh, Vikings kind of being paper tigers this year. um they, they did win, what are, where are they at, 10 or 11 games? 12. 12 games. So there's you don't do that by accident. So they've, got, they've got good players, Hawkinson and Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. The defense is play, playing much better than last year. So uh, I think that'll be a challenge um, for Green Bay. Uh, I, I feel like after this week with Detroit, I think next week, you know, Detroit's going to get got by Green Bay.
1: Maybe I actually think Green Bay comes back and clips the Vikings. But it I guess not, I guess I'm starting yeah. to believe in the ma- in the magic a little bit more. I thought for sure Green Bay was going to lose to Miami. That was a shocking outcome. But you you mentioned it a little bit. The Dolphins went O for December now. Eight and seven, barely hanging on to the playoffs. They went from you know being the top of the AFC East and a potential one seed candidate to you know we may not make it out of the playoffs. Third concussion for Tua this season. Yeah, should we have some grave like concerns? I I mean he probably should get shut down. That would honestly explain a lot because you look at some of those one of the plays he threw an interception it looked like moster was on a different page and was like running a route that that he wasn't expecting but that also could be if your quarterbacks having trouble clearing things right. up but there was some some really shockingly weird throws there but if you know if Tua gets shut down are we out on the dolphins? I mean,
2: yeah, I don't. I mean, they've got Teddy. All Teddy's got to do is get it to Hill and Waddle.
1: But they've and got then, at the Patriots' home for the Jets teams that actually have defense.
2: Teddy's yeah. Teddy's game managed it to to victories before, so
1: yeah,
2: it'll be a challenge.
1: It'll definitely be a challenge uh the middle game of Christmas Day was not really a game. It's charitable to call it a it was a con it would be charitable to call it even a sporting contest. The Los Angeles Rams get the fifty one to fourteen win over the Denver Broncos in a game that was both embarrassing for how the Broncos played on the field and how they conducted themselves off the field. We saw teammates fighting on the bench during the game. We saw Randy Gregory get into a fight with the Rams offensive lineman during the post-game press conference and get a suspension subsequently. And that was enough for the Walton Penner group to say Nathaniel Hackett, Derchi. He got fired today, 4-11 in 15 games as the Broncos head coach. What does the team do now? Well, you know, the team looks like Edgar from Men in
2: Black. Do you remember who Edgar was? It was the Vincent D'Onofrio yeah, character. Yeah, do. Where you know, when he would walk and he's all clunky, and you know that's just how they're playing. And nothing seems to fit together. You know, they've had they've come on a little bit lately with Judy and Sutton has had a decent game, and, and Dulcich. There's there's a disconnect going on there, and whatever it is, I mean, Brett Rippins getting ready to fight with the offensive linemen because they're not helping Russell Wilson up after they've let him get sacked. And I use the term let loosely. I mean, I recognize that the other team pays their players too, and they're probably uh, much better at that job than I am. But they're just not – they're not rallying around Russ. And you you see, you know, guys like Minshew who create this hysteria and Russ is like on the complete opposite end of that and, and I don't I don't know that I get it you know is he flying on a private jet to the games is he you know not talking to are people not allowed to look at him at practice you can't look him in the eye or something I don't know what's going on there with him but there I can't remember the last time that a supposedly good player was such a bad fit For the new team it's it's been crazy
1: i mean if you watched both sideline videos when brett ripon went over to the offensive line they got into a fist fight when russell wilson walked over there a few minutes later they all seemed happy to see him so i think that characterization is way off base and has been for most of the season i think their coaching is dreadful I think the scheme has not been a very good fit for Wilson. He doesn't seem to be very comfortable back there. Denver has also led the league in injuries. There's something to be to be wondered about the training staff. We've had so many ACL injuries, so many games lost. Um, They have had each of the eleven opening day starters or people who would yeah each of the eleven opening day starters and even twelve if you go back to Tim Patrick have all missed time. Uh, this season. Something's not right. I also, honestly, I was not surprised they fired Hackett. I was gravely surprised that uh, Greg Penner, who is the CEO, said he has every confidence in George Patton. Um, He's alone on an island there, as far as I'm concerned with having confidence in Patton, because Randy Gregory signing looks horrendous. Um, The trade value that they gave away for Wilson and then signing him right away to that massive deal. Those were not ownership group decisions. Those are your GM and the roster that he's put together. doesn't work. He continuously seems to sink and invest money way out in front in positions that are not panning out. He's made a couple of decent, you know, Pat Sertan has been a great player for them, but he should have drafted Justin Fields. I don't know what, what the hell he was thinking. And so there's a lot of, you know, the Minnesota Vikings have been demonstrably better record-wise since he left uh, and came to Denver. I'm not, not enamored of this GM situation. I think Denver maybe has some more hard decisions to make. Be curious to see who they can attract as a coach. On the flip side, Baker Mayfield, 24 of 28, 230 yards, two touchdowns looked like he was having a lot of fun He's a free agent at the end of this season. Do you think he takes kind of a deal with a team like the Rams where he can continue to learn and grow, or do you think somebody offers him enough that he tries to take another shot starting for a middle-level team?
2: You know, I, I think if he plays well these last two weeks, he's going to be in demand. And that being said, I don't think his ego would let him Return to the Rams as the backup. If he's got more than one team out there saying, "Hey, we want you to come and be our starter," um, I recognize not a lot has went right in his four years in the NFL for him, um, and he's probably every bit as a polar every bit as polarizing as a player as Russell Wilson is. Um, but I think he's he's going to be in demand. There's going to be several teams out there looking for a quarterback. You know, I ran through them earlier the Saints, the, the uh, Texans, the Raiders, potentially, Tampa Bay, potentially, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Washington. There's going to be opportunities out there. That being said, um, if he does stay, if, you know, Matt Stafford's not a spring chicken, back injuries, you know, he may stay for another year and say, yeah, I'll be the backup and be the heir apparent here because Sean McVeigh is a convincing guy.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I like the, the option of him there in Los Angeles, and he seems like he's doing well, seems like he's having fun. But um, <clears throat> we'll have to see how it ends up. On to our final game, the Sunday Christmas night game. A lot was made of the excitement of Tom Brady playing his first Christmas Day game. And you know what? Uh, A lot of that excitement stayed in the pregame. This was not an exciting game to watch. In fact, it was 6-6. Uh, through three quarters. Then we got a little bit of an offensive explosion there at the end. The Buccaneers managed to hold on for the 1916 overtime win. Dennis, this should have been somewhat of a layup for a loaded Tampa Bay team going against Trace McSorley making his first NFL start for a Cardinals team out of the running. But it was anything but a layup. In fact, I I don't know about you, but down the stretch, I actually thought Tampa Bay was going to lose – This game. So does this win make you feel better or worse about the Buccaneers?
2: You know, it's a confounding situation because there's a lot of things that Tom Brady can't do. But one thing Brady is, is he's good at making decisions on the field and getting the ball where it needs to be. And the interior of the offensive line, I know I harp on it week after week after week, and then they just lost their left tackle last night too. So that's not that offensive so grim. Line, that offensive line situation is not going to get better. Um, I don't, you know, it, it, it feels like it may be a one and done season for Todd Bowles too.
1: Yeah, he is. Well, and left which... You know, who was arguably one of the hotter coordinators a couple of years ago that the offense has looked completely out of sync. They went from scoring 30 points a game, Brady's first two years among the league best. They were second in the league in scoring last year to they're averaging less than 18 points a game coming into. Last night's game, I'm not sure their 19-point output is exactly going to light that scoring on fire. They look out of sync, and they are loaded with players. I know offensive line, you know, obviously a weak spot. Brady looks like he gets frustrated and is having trouble making plays. They have looked better at the ends of some of these games when they've switched to the hurry-up offense. I wonder, part of me wonders, if they shouldn't just stay in a hurry-up kind of offense and do some of these quick passing plays.
2: Yeah, you would think, I mean, at some point, you'd think that Bowles and Leftwich would look at each other and go, hey, let's do what works.
1: Spider-Man pointing at each other across the courtyard. Uh, On the other side, there was a lot of talk last night about the future of Arizona, a lot to be determined still uh, about Cliff Kingsbury. We know Kyler Murray's injured and probably won't be available to start the season. There was a lot of discussion last night about whether the Cardinals should treat 2023 as a year where they try to turn over their salary cap issues, and that naturally leads to DeAndre Hopkins, great player who hasn't had a lot of chances to compete deep in the playoffs, thought he might have his fortunes changed when he moved from the Texans to the Cardinals. Not getting any younger, but still capable of being an impact player. Is he somebody you think is going to want to try to move on this offseason?
2: I don't know if want to try to move on is how I would characterize it. Um, but I do think that if a team like, let's say the Giants, who need an alpha number one, come knocking at the door, and they're like, hey, we, we could really use a guy like you in here with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and and Isaiah Hodgins and, and Wandale Robinson. Um, we, we overperformed our first year, you can see just how good our coaching situation is. Uh, it's not like what you got going on out there. And we'll feed you the ball. I could see him being interested in, in going somewhere that's a legitimate top-tier contender for a title. I, I don't think Arizona is that close.
1: No. And, you know, I I sort of agreed with them last night. I think Arizona probably would be good, best served to – look at making a coaching change, look at moving on. You know, you have a J.J. Watt who he's only got a couple of years left. Do you try to shop him a Hopkins to a contender? Maybe you hold on to Marquise Brown because he's a younger player. You just did a new contract. You need, you're you going to want to have weapons for Kyler Murray, but maybe a James Conner who's on a fairly cap-friendly deal for for a decent running back, got a couple of years left, maybe some of the pieces on defense. I think Arizona is more than a year away from competing i would be surprised if kyler murray is ready to go and looks like kyler murray before the end of before thanksgiving really um based on where he tore his acl and what we've seen of those kind of acl tears Yep. Well, that'll do it for uh, this week. We went a little bit longer, but you know what? There was a lot of games to discuss. Tonight's game is a barn burner. The Chargers going in to battle the Colts with a win. The Chargers will lock up their playoff spot. And you know what, Dennis? I think they get it.
2: Yeah, I I think so. And as long as I get 27 points from Austin Eckler and Josh Palmer, I, I don't care how they do it.
1: Hopefully you'll just get the 27 points from Austin Eckler and you won't even have to sweat it out for Josh Josh. He's
2: hit that, that number. Actually need 26. He's hit that in seven of 14 games.
1: Well, you know what? Let's make it lucky number eight. Uh, <laughs> if you have some time while you're not exactly excited, watching Nick Foles, try to move the ball for the Indianapolis Colts without Jonathan Taylor. What could uh, Dennis, what can the people do during those free moments?
2: You know, reach out to us, uh, ask us your fantasy football questions, then go give us a rate and review, subscribe to the podcast, download, listen or don't, but subscribe, rate, review. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot.
1: I believe uh, some combination of us will be back on Wednesday as we prepare for the big Thursday night football game, which I remember it being an important matchup, but it escapes me right now. Whatever it is, we will discuss it along with the outcome of tonight. And who knows, maybe by then two or three more teams will have fired coaches because that's just the way this season is going. Until then, it's what? Cowboys
2: game Thursday.
1: Wow. That's even worse for honestly for Malik Willis because there's no way he's getting hit together to play against the Cowboys on a short weekend. It's in Dallas, I believe.
2: Yeah, I uh, know um, Tennessee.
1: I mean, that might be his only spot of good luck. But oof. all right, well, we'll look forward to trying to make that seem exciting. Until then, enjoy the rest of this holiday interlude week.
0: Prepare for glory. I don't know. Already. I came like out the wall out of it. It is 58 for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you put the ball for Throw it up above his head. They can't jump the lead guy. Oh, Only tackle of the four-year. Who can make a play? I can who can make a play? I can <laughs> <laughs>